It's Monday, September 25th, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, this is our weekly Monday Bible study, and today we are beginning our study on the book of Ruth. And Ruth is such an excellent book as we look at the ways that Boaz helps Ruth and and takes care of Ruth and defends the poor, the needy, the alien, the widow, and the orphan. And today we are joined by Dr. Rick, who will walk us through Ruth chapter Chapter One. Hi, this is Rick Morton. Thank you for joining me. Um, we are going to be beginning a study in the Book of Ruth that our staff is going to be participating in uh, here in the, over the next several weeks, and we look forward to being able to share that with you. Uh, the book, book of Ruth is um, really a special book, I believe, because it, it shows um, God's sovereignty, God's um, redemptive heart, um, the way that the way that God has um, has a heart for taking outsiders and making outsiders insiders. Um, Pastor John Piper um, talks about um, about it this way. This is what he said to his church. He says um, that Ruth is a story that shows how God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. It's a story for people who wonder where God is when there are no dreams or visions or prophets. It's for people who wonder where God is when one tragedy after another attacks their faith. It's a story for people who wonder whether a life of integrity in tough times is worth it. And it's a story for people who can't imagine that anything great could ever come out of their ordinary lives of faith. Um, It's a refreshing and encouraging book, and I want you to be refreshed and encouraged. And we want you to be refreshed and encouraged through the story. Um, Much of of what we understand about the gospel and about about God's redemptive heart um, comes from from um, many of the themes that come out of the, the book of Ruth and, and thousands of years, 1,500 years before um, Jesus would be born, um, that God was setting the stage and, and, and God was creating something in the lineage of Jesus and, and, and pointing toward the gospel and pointing toward what he was going to do um, in Jesus. Um, the book of Ruth comes out of a period, the period of the Judges, where the, where the book of Judges was written, uh, beginning in about 1500 B.C., going through about a 1100 BC, um, and and really is 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 centered around a time in the life of Israel when when Israel didn't complete the task that God gave them to do, and so they didn't drive the people out of the promised land. They didn't um, they didn't move the inhabitants out and 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 to to cause them to to to, to be gone, um, and and so therefore um, they put themselves in peril because because not only did the people stay, but the religion of the people stayed. Um, and, and it ultimately became, as, uh, as Judges chapter 2 tells us, a thorn in the side of Israel. Um, and and that um, and and in during this time, um, what we see is is we see many bad choices and many bad decisions on the part of Israel. That um, that there that the theme over and over and over again is the people falling away from God and being attracted to the things of um, the work, worship of pagan gods and to the things of the peoples um, that are apart from God and and being drawn away from the one true God. And and what we see in Ruth is 
is the encapsulation of a story of somebody being drawn away, but then somebody being led back um, and God's redemptive heart and the way that God provided and how he even used this story um, to, to, to bring someone who was outside of Israel um, into the lineage of Jesus and ultimately somebody that he used to bring about um, the Messiah coming. And so we're going to we're going to dive in and look at a few things here today. Um, and in chapter one of Ruth, it, it starts like this. It says, in the days when the judges ruled there, there was a famine in the land and a man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech and the name of his wife was Naomi and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. Now what we what we find out is that that Elimelech was was this man who who was from Bethlehem. Bethlehem is um, we know that the, the Bethlehem literally means um, like the the bread basket, the place of bread. Um, and and so Elimelech was from this place that was um, that was called the the bread basket, but there was no bread because God had caused a famine to happen. And if you were if you were a Hebrew at this time, you would know um, like according to Leviticus twenty three. Uh, 26, 3, and 4, um, that, that God promises, if you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments and do them, that I will give you your, you your rains in their season, and the land shall yield its increase, and the trees of the field um, shall, shall yield their fruit. And so here's this guy, Elimelech, whose name actually means God is king. Um, who's living in a land where there where there is no food because there's a famine, um, and and so what what's the right thing that 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 he should do? What's the right thing that the people should do? Well, they should repent. Um, they should they should throw themselves on the mercy of God. God is saying in Leviticus, if you observe my statutes and observe my commandments, then I'm going to send rain and and the ground is going to yield its increase. But but what we see instead is that that Elimelech does what what so many of us have a tendency to do that instead of instead Instead of doing things God's way, doing things according to God's plan, um, we set out to do it on our own, and we set out to fix it in our own strength, and to um, and and to try to be the hero of our own story. And so, what it, what it says is um, they went into the country of Moab and remained there, um, but it didn't work out well for them. That that Elimelech, the the husband of Naomi, died in verse three, um, and it, it says, and and so she was left with her um, with her two sons. Verse four says that then those sons took Moabite wives and the name of one was Orpah and the name of the other was Ruth. And they lived about 10 years, both um, Malon and Chilion died so that the woman's woman was left without her two sons and, and without her husband. So, um, so what happened is that that um, Elimelech, rather than rather than repenting, rather than throwing himself on on the mercy and the grace of God, um, he set about a plan to to try to fix it himself to move his family to Moab. And what we know about Moab is um, is that they are a people who have a history of of trying to do things themselves, and they come from a history of of humans trying to do things themselves in order to to fix their own problems and in order to go around God's plan. Genesis nineteen. Um, we see the story of Lot and the story of Lot and his daughters and and the incest that was perpetrated between between Lot's daughters and and Lot and 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 the fact is that that one of the one of the children that was born out of one of those incestuous relationships was was named Moab and he became the father of this nation of people the Moabites and and and, and what it's evidence of is is this was Lot's daughters who didn't trust that God was going to provide for them that didn't trust that that God 
God was going to give them a future, and so they tried to make a future for themselves. Um, and they made a and they made a horrible, disgusting mistake, and 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 they and they sinned greatly, and they they slept with their father, and um, and caused all manner of all kinds of problems. And um, and so so Elimelech is following right in that path, and 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 he essentially is um, is leading his family to make those same kinds of decisions. So, um, so these two sons um, then follow in in the in the path of their mother and father. Um, their father dies. Their mother is left. Well, well, what are sons to do in order to try to help and try to redeem their mother? Well, they they take wives, um, and so so you have have these two sons. Their names even are again quite instructive about who they are. Um, one of them, the first son, um, his name means failure. Um, how would you love it, um, parents, if if your daughter brings a boy home and, and she wants to introduce you to this boy that she loves and she says, Mom and Dad, I want you to be my new boyfriend. His name is Loser. Um, like, it doesn't inspire confidence. Um, and, and, so, and so here's this boy who, who, who the name that tagged on him is, is that he's going to be a failure. And then his brother, his brother's name is Sickly. Um, it kind of actually translates as like consumption. So, um, so hi, my name is Loser. My brother, this is my brother, tuberculosis, right? Um, like it, it, it presents a bleak picture. But, but in all the striving and in all the trying to fix, um, these boys die too, and they leave, they leave a, a, a widow for a mom, and they leave uh, widows for wives. Um, and their wives are then, and, and their mother are left to try to to try to figure life out for themselves. But, but once again, Naomi, um, Naomi doesn't doesn't attempt to turn back to God or to, to, to find God's blessing in, in the midst. She still continues to try to fix her problem herself. But even in the midst of her trying to fix her problem herself, God is at work. In verse 6, we see maybe the, the key pivotal verse of the first chapter. It says, Then she, Naomi, arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and had given them food. Like when we hear about God visiting his people, what we know is, is, God, is God is coming, God has come, and he's bringing salvation. Um, that, that we look in, in Luke chapter 1, in, in the, the great song of Ze- Zechariah, where, where, where he He's testifying to to having lived long enough to see the Messiah. He says, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Um, That that we know that when when the Bible speaks of God visiting, it means that the presence of God has come and, 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 and that the freedom of God has come to bear. And that ultimately that that's happened because of Jesus, that Jesus has come. He has visited us in our affliction. He has atoned for our sins and he has made a way for us to come to the Father. But 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 Naomi struggled to see that. What what she saw was is she saw that she was in a situation that she couldn't fix, and and she she set about trying to to continue to do things herself in order to 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 to, to atone for her own problem. So it, as the story goes, it says that that she set out from the place where she was, and she began to travel and began to move back toward Judah, um, and that basically she told her daughters-in-law, "Go, go back and, and go to your mother's house, and and ultimately go find a husband in Moab, and 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 just go on about your life." 
Um, if, if we look through the twists and turns of the story, what we see is that that, that, that the two daughters-in-law acted very differently. That 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 Orpa, the first daughter-in-law, that her name literally means stiff-necked. That that she doesn't regard um, she doesn't regard the things of God. She doesn't regard the things of Naomi. She's really sad, but she ultimately takes Naomi's counsel and she decides to to continue pressing on and continue trying to solve her problems. Um, by herself. On the other hand, we see the other daughter-in-law, Ruth, um, and and Ruth Ruth acts very differently. She approaches the situation very differently. And this is what Naomi says in verse fifteen. Back to Ruth, she says, "See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods to return after your sister uh, return after your sister-in-law." But Ruth said, "Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go; where you lodge, I will lodge." And then this is the key part: where your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. But ultimately, Ruth is saying, "Look, I, I like I'm going to stay with you, and I'm I'm going to be wherever you are because because I've because I've come to be a part of you, and I've been come to be a part of your family." But but ultimately, she's confessing that I have faith in your God. She had more faith in God ultimately at this point than um, than Naomi did. We we see toward the end of the the passage that um, that that she and Naomi, Ruth and Naomi, actually return back to to Bethlehem, and that that Naomi people come and they don't recognize her. And they they come and and, and they realize it's her. And and she says, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara, which means bitter because God has dealt with me bitterly. Um, And so and so she's she's blaming the consequences of her situation and the consequences even of her own actions and her own decisions. She's ultimately still blaming that on God. and, And she doesn't even see. Um, her name means the grace of God, and she doesn't even see the grace of God in the way that God has dealt with her, but, but Ruth does. And Ruth says, I want your God to be my God, and I want to follow your God, and, and, I'm, and, and I'm, let only death be the thing that separates me from you. And so what an incredible story we're going to get to see unfold over the, the next several chapters in the book of Ruth as we, as we understand how God and his redemptive plan took, took a family that was, that was rebellious, that was, um, that was ultimately interested in trying to make their own way and had disregarded him and, and through, um, and, and through their decisions, he he rose up um, one who was outside of the people of God um, that was that that was outside the camp and brought her in and made her an insider, and and then ultimately um, made her um, to be part of, of of the lineage and the heritage of of, of our Savior Himself. And so um, we can take from this trust today um, to know that God is interested in the big things and in the small things and that God is active in the details of our lives. Um, And if we focus on him and obeying and and following after he is faithful um, to lead us and to care for us and to provide for us. And so we hope that, that you'll be encouraged over the time of this study and that, um, that the truth of the gospel will speak deeply to you. Um, and so we thank you again for, uh, for spending a part of your day with us. This um, podcast, the Defender Podcast, is um, a part of the ministry of Lifeline Children's Services. You can find us online at www.lifelinechild.org. Um, we'd love to hear from you. 
you, um, you can email us at info at lifelinechild.org. Um, and we'd love to hear from you and hear how this podcast is ministering to you or maybe other ways that we can come alongside you in ministry. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.